This is a Squeeze podcast. We're your shortcut to being informed. This week's podcast is brought to you by BHP. Copper is a big deal in the energy transition because it's used to make electric vehicles, wind turbines and solar panels. When it comes to producing copper responsibly, it's happening now at BHP. Good morning, I'm Larissa Moore. And I'm Claire Kimball. It's Thursday the 7th of July. In your Squiz today, the question of a fourth COVID jab, concerns about China, Nick Kyrgios makes it through to the final four in Wimbledon, and an anti-hangover pill. This is your Squiz today. Starting with COVID this morning, the BA4 and BA5 strains of Omicron are causing cases to surge, and the conversation is beginning to turn to the question of another round of COVID vaccinations, a fourth jab. Now, as it stands, if you have three doses of a COVID vaccine, you're considered fully vaccinated. But with this rise, Prime Minister Anthony Albanese reckons it's a question of when, not if, a fourth dose is recommended for everyone. Yeah, that's right. And it's something that Atagi, if we get our COVID mm-hmm. jargon hat back on, uh, the Australian Technical Advisory Group on Immunisation were considering in a meeting yesterday. We'll hear what they have decided, what the sort of advice is that they want to give back to government when they make some sort of announcement about that. But when we look at where fourth jabs are going at the moment, it's for the over 65s, it's for Indigenous Australians, and it's also for people with certain chronic health conditions or if they're immunocompromised. In recent days, there's been senior officials who have advocated for a fourth jab. That includes New South Wales Health Minister Brad Hazard. Uh, Also other officials saying that we need to do more to reduce the spread of COVID. Uh, That's because cases are rising. Yesterday, we had the highest number of new cases for a month and a half. There were more than 43,500 cases uh, reported yesterday. Yeah those numbers are certainly starting to climb. Atagi have a few things to consider. How a fourth dose fits into the mix for most healthy people and the possibility of Omicron-specific vaccines being developed. Yeah, and that's a development from yesterday too. Uh, The Therapeutic Goods Authority granted provisional determination uh, to two vaccines that Pfizer has developed. They target the Omicron variant. So when the experts are weighing up exactly what our immunisation program should be, they have on the near horizon uh, vaccines that could target this Omicron strain and that's something that they need to weigh up. In the meantime, officials still have a bit of work to do to get more Aussies to have their third shot and for some people to get their first shots even. About 80% of the eligible population has had two doses, 67.5% have had three. An update on the rain in New South Wales. The number of people under evacuation orders is now 85,000, up from 50,000 yesterday. Prime Minister Anthony Albanese was on the ground in flood-affected areas yesterday with the New South Wales Premier Dominic Perrottet, with a few announcements in hand. Yeah, the big one is that disaster relief payments will start flowing. That's a one-off $1,000 payment that will be given to eligible adults uh, across 23 local government areas. really goes to how widespread those floods are when you look at Greater Sydney. Uh, All eyes today are on the New South Wales Hunter Valley, particularly the towns of Singleton, which is looking at record flooding. Uh, There's other towns in that region too that are underwater. The Central Coast 
coast, the mid-north coast regions are all getting more rain. The weather system was forecasted to move offshore yesterday afternoon, but the rain and dangerous conditions will stick around for the rest of the week. Some good news, though, if you were following the story of that cargo ship that needed to be rescued off the coast of the Royal National Park, it has finally made it safely back to port after three days stranded on the water. In international news, for the first time ever, the heads of America's FBI and the UK's MI5 have made a joint appearance. The big topic on the mind of the intelligence agencies, China. Yeah, they've given very clear warnings to senior business people and to academics uh, that China is really getting into their space. Uh, They outlined China's interference in elections, uh, also case studies of cyber and corporate espionage. Uh, Long story short, they say that the Chinese Communist Party are engaging in game-changing, immense and breathtaking operations, uh, whether that's stealing ideas or whether that's trying to influence the outcomes of elections, it's really quite something to see those two come together and deliver such a stark and clear warning. Also overnight, our Foreign Minister Penny Wong spoke at a security forum in Singapore. She's called on China to use their influence on Russia to put an end to the war in Ukraine. She's also urged China to show restraint in dealing with our Pacific Island neighbours. Speaking of our Pacific region, that's the topic of our Shortcuts podcast this week, Claire. Obviously a lot going on in that area, but there is also a big summit happening there next week. Yep, it's the PIF, mm-hmm. it's the Pacific Island Forum. Uh, what happens is the leaders come together from our region and they have talks. It's something that's an annual event and it has been quite prominent in recent times, as you say, because there's been some really difficult issues to tackle. Uh, that starts early next week. So we go through the background about what the challenges and what the opportunities are. You'll be all prepped and ready for PIF. You can find Shortcuts by searching for Squiz Shortcuts in your podcasting app. A message now from our podcast partner, BHP. The steel made from iron ore plays an important role in providing the production of our energy infrastructure, from wind turbines to power poles. So cutting carbon emissions in iron ore production is key. It's why BHP has committed to a solar and battery agreement to help power its port facilities at Port Headland. It's happening now at BHP. In sports news now, Nick Kyrgios is through to the final four of Wimbledon. It's been a while, Claire, since we've had a guy make it through this far. It sure is. Uh, Leighton Hewitt was the last to do it in 2004. Mm. What Kyrgios said is he didn't think that he was going to do it. He thought at 27 years old, uh, he said that that ship had sailed. Uh, But what he did was get through in straight sets. Uh, There was a lot of self-talk. He got off to a rough start. He didn't win a point until the 10th point. So yeah, he was on a bit of a downer. Uh, Facing the media for the first time since those assault charges were laid um, after an alleged incident with his former partner, he said that he wanted to say things, but he'd been advised by his lawyer not to. Uh, He takes on Rafael Nadal tomorrow night. As for Aussie Isla Tomlanovic, she unfortunately lost to Elena Rubikina in three sets. She said she was disappointed because she felt like with her game, she was really there. 
The latest Forbes Rich List is out and pop star slash businesswoman Rihanna has officially dethroned Kylie Jenner as the youngest female self-made billionaire. She's also Barbados's first billionaire. Yep, and she's done that through her business ventures, which are in cosmetics and lingerie. Um, Fenty Beauty is her cosmetics line uh, and she has a underwear line called Savage X Fenty. Uh, it's a really interesting way to make a lot of money and it sounds like she's having a lot of fun doing it. Kim Kardashian is the next youngest. She's 41 years old. Uh, she's worth $1.8 billion. She too has uh, a beauty line and she also has a underwear shapewear line called Skims. But when it comes to the top of the billionaire list, it's industries like roofing, healthcare software, retail and gas stations, trucking, a pizza franchise. So definitely not all beauty and pop culture at the top if you've got your eye on that billionaire prize. There's a new anti-hangover supplement making news, Claire, a pre-drinking pill that apparently cures a hangover the next day. Sounds pretty uh, mythical. Yep, what you have to do is you have to take it a little bit of time before you start drinking. Uh, And then what they say is that it makes the next day a little bit easier. Um, It reduces one's ability to actually take up the alcohol and it helps metabolise it. What those who have used it and review it say uh, is that it also reduces your ability to get drunk. So (laughs) I guess it's really dependent on what your aim is of the night. Could be a good thing or a bad thing. Swings and roundabouts. You also need need to uh, remember to take it 12 hours before you start drinking. So not one for an accidental big night. There were uh, a lot of limits to the study. So the best cure for a hangover is still drinking less booze or just uh, chugging the water. Squiz the day. Claire, what are you taking note of today? Uh, Today is the release of the Australian Institute of Health and Welfare's Australia's Health Report. Uh, They look at where things are at. It's a big landmark report, that one. Lots of data and information, uh, particularly interesting, of course, because of COVID. Yeah, a little thing called a pandemic to give us some data there. As for me, New Zealand's Prime Minister Jacinda Ardern is back in Australia. She's addressing the Lowy Institute before attending the Australian New Zealand Leadership Forum with Prime Minister Anthony Albanese, a busy day. It is also World Chocolate Day, so if that is your particular vice, go ahead and indulge. That's all from us today. Have a good one. We'll be back with you tomorrow.